Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet and you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. It's week 11 of the fantasy football season. We've got some players coming back from the injured list this week, and we have almost no players that we have to suddenly worry about, which is great news. I don't often get to start the show this way, so let's celebrate it. Eddie, what's going on? Um, you know, it was a week uh, in fantasy football that was not so great for me. I have two pretty good teams, uh, mm-hmm. took a couple losses, but it was one of those weird ones. I don't know if you have any teams in this scenario where you're just doing so well. And part of you is just like, yeah, you know what? I have a bunch of players on the buy. Uh, I'm getting a bunch of players back soon, so I'll just take it easy. And then the one bright spot that I did have was I made a trade. We talked about this last week, too, for the listeners. Uh, made a trade for Kyler Murray. I said I was pretty bullish on Kyler, although I do believe Russell Wilson and who was the other guy actually outscored him, but it was I think just it was great actually to... depending on scoring the same. Yeah, it was very, very close. I think mm-hmm. in my league, Russell actually outscored him by like a point or a fraction of a point, but okay. it doesn't matter. But uh, it, just seeing Kyler Murray come back, uh, I believe from the stats I've read, it was the best offensive output for the Cardinals uh, in a few categories this this year and seeing him and James Conner work matches together. And also like just props to science and advancement and like how this guy tore his ACL, um, you know, last year. And, you know, it used to be a not like a career threatening injury, but it was like, you won't ever be the same. And he's back like less than a year. That like that one scramble he had like late in the game. It's like, man, Kyler is back. So uh, I know it's probably not the best season for Cardinals fans and to be rooting for him. But if you made a move or you, you stashed Kyler on your bench, just seeing that like spark he gave, that was the, uh, the lone bright spot for me in this uh, pretty miserable football week with my giants getting blown out. But I knew that was coming and my fantasy team's losing, but go Kyler looks like the Carl's to hold on to you look as good as new. Uh, and that offense actually may be fun to watch. So again, definite bright spot for me uh, this weekend. Yeah. And we talked of course about Kyler last week, whether or not we were willing to start him. And after the show, I did a poll and it started out strongly in favor of yes, start Kyler. Mm -hmm. And then by the end, it was only like 35% of the people said that they would start Kyler Murray. So I mulled it over. I know I mentioned that I had the debate between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, and they actually ended up scoring almost exactly the same, but I did start Kyler Murray. I went for it. I was like, you know what? I want to be in on this hundred percent. I was very relieved to see that scramble as well. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, the Arizona offense looked really good, specifically Trey McBride, who had 131 receiving yards. So he's obviously taking over that Zach Ertz role. Those of you who bid on Trey McBride, he was someone you could pick up on the waiver wire. Good on you. And I want to say, don't panic about Hollywood Brown. A lot of people are like, oh my God, he was shut down in this game. Okay, it was one game. Uh, if you look at the way that the air yards were distributed and you watch the actual game, he nearly had a dramatic touchdown. There's there's a lot of situations. Brown is going to be fine. You're going to keep him in your lineups. I am encouraged for Michael Wilson as well, maybe mm-hmm. even Rondell Moore and James Conner. So the whole offense looks better. However... They do have one of the hottest teams in football this weekend. So we'll talk more about that because, of course, we're still driving the C.J. Stroud hype train. But I also wanted to circle back to one more thing you said, which is that you thought that the Arizona offense had the best output they'd had this season. Might have been like EPA, one of those uh, crazy analytics stats. I saw somebody on Twitter. They were like, they said it was the best output they've had, and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Obviously, with James Conner coming back and Kyler, and it seems like obviously, like all the pieces. You know, it's not. I, they they were surprisingly good so far, even this even with Joshua Dobbs, and we've seen now Joshua Dobbs actually pull off two straight wins with the Vikings. And then Kyler comes in, that offense looks. I'm not going to say electric. That's you know probably left for like the Chiefs and the Dolphins, but it was a pretty damn good week uh, for a team that was supposed to struggle. So um, again, it was just a it's a really really good uh, feeling if you have a lot of those players on your teams. So and and that's what's interesting to me, right? Mm-hmm. Joshua Dobbs has been awesome in Minnesota. Yes. This is what we define as really a win-win situation. This is what you should be doing even in your fantasy team. So because we're coming up on the trade deadline, I just want to talk a little bit about that. When you're trying to make a trade, don't try to see what you can get, what you can trick the other team into. You're not going to do yourself any favors and you're probably not going to get the deal done. Mm-hmm. Try to make a deal that's good for you and good for the other team. And actually, the case in point was the same situation we talked about last week with Dave and Mook. Okay. So 
somebody had to win their week. They made a trade. It wasn't an unfair trade. In fact, some would argue the Brian Robbins side was better, right? Yeah. And, and you got to do what you got to do. Both teams win. This, this Vikings Cardinals situation is wonderful to me. It makes me happy because you know what? I think both of these quarterbacks are going to be top 12 quarterback options for the rest of the season. And you guys just got two top 12 fantasy quarterbacks you can count on. I'm totally with you. Like I said uh, last week, good on you with Vikings for making a move to get a guy like Dobbs come here and stay alive. And that offense is not going to skip a beat. Plus JJ will come back. And then just again, with the, with the Cardinals, you know, you know, you, you brought up that poll you put out there and it was one of those things where, I understand the skepticism because there were a lot of negative things coming into Kyler with the season. Yeah. It was the injury. It was the not studying in the playbook. It was, are the Cardinals going to move on from him, you know, to, to increase the shelf life of their new head coach and get a new picks. Everyone assumed they're going to be in the, in the mix for the, uh, the top pick there. And they, and they kept on with Kyler and they kept Josh Dobbs and journeyman. And like now this offense, even with injuries to Ertz and all the receivers have been banged up, James Conner banged up. It makes no sense why they 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 were in the situation they were where they actually were producing and they're just now seeing that Kyle is coming back, you know, full strength. I, all I needed was that one scramble. That one scramble was good enough for me and he'll get better, I think, uh, throwing the football. But, um, you know, everything now, if, if you have any pieces of that offense or both offenses, you got to feel pretty good. Both Dobbs and Kyler Murray, uh, very mobile quarterbacks, which is very valuable for fantasy football, as we all know. In fact, Joshua Dobbs has the second most rushing yards among quarterbacks this season, and he's tied for the third most rushing touchdowns with Lamar Jackson. And since moving to Minnesota, he's the QB four for the past two weeks. For the season, on a per-game basis, he's now a top 12 quarterback. So Joshua Dobbs is someone that's available on a lot of waiver wires I checked, I don't know, you know, if you have someone that you're starting every week, if you have a, you know, CJ Stroud at this point, um, or a, a Josh Allen, who, yes, you're still going to start every week. We'll talk about mm -hmm. that as well. Um, you should maybe pick him up just to block your opponent Yeah. <laughs> at this point. Uh, don't let him sit there. And, and honestly, I'm leaning, obviously, Kyler, the same thing, but I'm leaning that way towards Sam Howell as well, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, he's also been really, really good as of late. And those sacks have gotten a lot, a lot, 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 lot better. In fact, mm -hmm. some of this is about Sam Howell. He's finished as a top 10 quarterback in five of his last six games. He leads the league with 2,783 total passing yards. Okay, he has played more games, but 273 passing yards per game, that ranks fifth. You know who ranks first in passing yards per game? Um, I know he was right up there. Uh, it was him, Stroud. Holmes, and Stroud. Yeah, Stroud ranks first sense. in passing yards per game. Um, and uh, anyway, there's no way he's still available on your waiver wire, but CJ Stroud is legit. We've been talking about him for a long time. Sam Howell has 17 passing touchdowns, which is the same as Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Dak Prescott, and of course the Commanders lead the league with 444 dropbacks. Well, so yeah, again, that's that's it, and I, and it's surprising that I I have seen the leagues that Howell has been available, and it's mainly because I think it's just the stink of the Commanders, and you don't trust like there's really no pedigree with Sam Howell. He was a fifth round pick, and he, people just thought they're going to move on from him. But like you just you know pointed out, the amount of passing attempts, the amount of dropbacks, like they're always throwing the football. So you have to feel good about that. Even if they lose games and, and they have a fair amount of losses this year, he's still going to be throwing the football. Um, and they, like you said, they haven't had their buy yet. So he's playing in every game so far. I believe you have the three more games left before they hit their buy. Um, his completions. I mean, he, he, near 30 completions in every, you know, almost every game he's throwing for over 300 yards the last three games. Um, but he's actually, making really great throws. Like he had a lot of great throws in the last week's game and having three plus touchdowns in the last couple of games. This is a, I'm, I'm not going to crown him and be like, yeah, he's their guy for sure. Cause I, I don't know the plans, but I mean, in terms of fantasy and, and maybe for this season, at least like you could count on him to continue doing this. And it's, it's, it is pretty impressive. I mean, he always was a good deep ball thrower uh, at UNC and um, you know, for circumstances, he just slid in the draft, but now the, the, the commanders look smart, not, not a total Brock Purdy scenario because Brock Purdy didn't literally lose games, but a uh, good job by Washington to find, you know, a, a hidden uh, gem in this draft. And this week he gets the New York Giants. Um, sorry, to he may not. He won't. I don't think he's gonna be throwing the ball a lot in this game. He probably won't have to throw the yeah. ball a lot. But what if he decides to for fun? He could also rush. You know, he has that mobile upside. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's a good matchup and I think it's very playable for Sam Howell. Yeah. I mean, I I'm with you on that. They should win the game. Um, I believe he did have his worst or second worst game of the year though, versus the giants in week seven, but obviously the giants were, the giants were in a better position to win. The giants did win that game. They had, they were less injured uh, at at that game. Now they're, you know, they're playing a guy that should not be playing quarterback. And I feel like eventually outside of Saquon Barkley, who I think is going to, they're going to probably just find a way to, you know, bench him the rest of the year uh, pretty soon. Uh, I think, yeah, I think how will probably throw his two touchdown passes. They'll get a nice lead. They go, all right, Tommy DeVito's not going to beat you. So I would just be cautious about that. But I think early on in the game, first half, I think Howell will, uh, you know, definitely put his time in. How many chicken cutlets do you think it would take for the Giants to win this game? I mean, Tommy DeVito better ask because he, he, at this point, he could eat double digits because who cares? I mean, just eat as many chicken cutlets from your parents as you possibly can. Be full during the game. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're you're going to lose. It's a bad situation for him. I feel bad for him. I, I you know it's fun to it's fun to get in games, but like this is a guy that's like, yeah, I'm going to bounce around private squad. I'll make the league minimum. That's fine. And now he's being thrust into this like team with a miserable uh, schedule for him, a uh, miserable offensive line, and it's just it's not fun to get beat up. So. Tommy, eat all your mom's chicken cutlets and enjoy living with your parents because I, I do feel for you. A lot of Giants fans feel for you. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code listen up omaha full the word omaha and the word full and then you place your first bet up to 1250 dollars. if you win great if you keep those winnings but if you lose you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet 21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kansas louisiana massachusetts maryland michigan new jersey new york ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming new users and first ten dollar plus wager only must register with eligible promo code bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss maximum bonus bet twelve hundred and fifty dollars bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles see caesars.com slash promos for full terms void where prohibited know when to stop before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800 next step colorado wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas crossing casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9 with it iowa call 1-800 bets off louisiana call 1-877-770 stop licensed through horseshoe bossier city and harris new orleans massachusetts call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speaking of that Dallas Cowboy Giants game, we finally saw a Brandon Cook sighting. He had more receiving yards in that single game than he had accumulated all season. Mm-hmm. So I think we do have to talk a little bit about the Cowboys offense um, as far as fantasy, because there are major red flags about Tony Pollard, because that matchup for Tony Pollard should have been a smash matchup. Now, I if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say all year, I had concerns about Tony Pollard from the beginning. I think he needed Zeke. I think the play calls they're making for Tony Pollard are nonsensical. The way that they're using him doesn't make sense. 
If they can figure out a way to get Rico Dowdle involved, which they started to do last week and let him do a little bit more of that between the tackle work, a little more pass blocking, then maybe Tony Pollard can spring to life again. But you can't just keep running Tony Pollard straight at the middle and coming short of the goal line on that fourth down. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, that was absolutely brutal. This week's matchup with the Panthers is so good. It is even better than that Giants matchup by kind of a lot. Oh, yeah. Because I don't I, know what you're going to do if Tony Pollard. I mean, it's definitely getting to the point where you may have to consider benching Tony Pollard because this passing game and thank goodness, because for those of you that need someone to cover for, say, Michael Pittman or who else is on by this week? You know, one of these players that's on by this week, Chris Olave. Maybe you can grab Brandon Cooks and maybe he will go off for you. Again, you know, it's a bit of a dart throw because CeeDee Lamb is clearly the guy in Dallas. But the more the defense is focused on CeeDee Lamb, the more open Brandon Cooks may get. And I think we could see more for Brandon Cooks going forward. So it's a good, you know, speculation ad. But if they don't get that run game going, Dallas is in big trouble and your fantasy team might be too. Yeah, uh, a couple things on Pollard. It, it, it was weird to see his like the season kind of it was kind of this roller coaster thing. Obviously, hasn't scored a touchdown since uh, the week one beatdown of the Giants. The Cowboys have played in some games where they have been on the side of them being blowing out the other team. And it's strange. I think this week, you know, like you mentioned, Jen, like versus the Panthers, it's a prime matchup. Like this should be a 20 plus carry game because you're going to be winning the winning the football game by a three plus scores. Just, you know, take the air out of the football, run Pollard, run Pollard. I do think that Pollard will score this week. And I do think that um, there'll be a game where he could actually eclipse the 100 yard mark again, which again, he which is shocking. He only has done that versus the Cardinals in a loss. And that was his best game, I think, by far, just because of his uh, over five yards per carry. But then you look into other games, like I don't get why the Cowboys drop his like rush totals. He goes from 23 carries to then 11 carries and then eight carries and then kind of back up to 15. And then he's in that teens, you know, the last, I believe, like last month, he's been like, you know, the 15 to 12 range for carries. So uh, when he was clear, the clear cut primary back, I think it does have to do with Dak clicking and just being better. You could argue that CeeDee Lamb has been the best receiver in football the last month or so. I mean, he's been outstanding, so I understand that portion of it. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're if you have Tony Pollard, you obviously worry about the touchdowns and you're worried about the lack of carries. But I think this could be the remedy to all that this week versus the Panthers. If he doesn't do it this week, then then it's time to hit the panic button. I I, I do believe. And honestly, we're talking about the trade deadline coming up. If you want to, you know, package him and get get something for him, I wouldn't be against that you because can't. I I do you can't buy get anything in. for him now. I don't think you can. You're probably right. You can't sell him now. You have to keep him. That's what I think. And and I do think that he's going to have a really good game this weekend. I yes, hope so. I but I just want to go back to like how we've been saying about the Cowboys. They have these red zone issues. They have these red zone issues. Well, they've fixed them. You know how they fixed them? Cutting Tony Pollard out of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's just not, he's not a goal line back. He never no. was. I love him. I think he's awesome. He's explosive, but he looks so good because he was a change of pace from Zeke. And I don't know why they can't figure that out as well as, you know, he's a different kind of running back. So just design better plays for him, design runs for him. Cause they're not doing it. And I understand they need, you know, Mavi Smith is looking better. Um, you know, they've got to do better with the run blo- blocking, but it, it's, it's so frustrating. And so you know, maybe it's good in the long run because I think the red zone things Dak wasn't good at were because they were always okay. They would just hand it to Zeke and he would punch it in. And the end, if it got tight, whatever, there was no pressure in Dak to have to do it. Now there is. And so he's gotten more disciplined. He's gotten better. CD Lamb, Jake Ferguson's been a target monster, yes. you know, that whole offense. But we got to get back to where we can also threaten with the run game. And it's for fantasy managers, because this guy was a first round pick. This is very frustrating. I don't think you can get anything for him in trade, but I don't think that I would sell low. I think the only thing you can do with Pollard is pray. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess the the, the silver lining to this, if you do hold on to Pollard, I think, number one, like we keep saying, he'll have a pretty good game this week. I, I don't think this will be a Dak game. I think Dak will have to do the bare minimum in this game. The Panthers are an atrocious team, and the Cowboys right now, their offense is looking as good as any team in the NFL. Um, again, if you stuck with Dak and you stuck with their receivers, good on you because they they've been great. 
with Pollard, I guess it's down to like, if you're, if you're in a PPR league, just hope he gets a bunch of catches. Uh, this offense now seems to be running through Dak, not through Pollard. That's really it. Cause uh, if That's you can't, it should be. yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I don't think any Cowboys fan or any, like you would not trade what they're doing right now on offense to have Pollard be better. This offense right now is scary good. So, I mean, I think that's a trade that most Cowboys fans take. But unfortunately, uh, and we're talking fantasy football, you know, if you have Pollard, you don't right. have Dak or CeeDee Lamb or Ferguson, like you mentioned, then, yeah, then you're you're struggling for a bit here. So that you got to just hope for games where, you know, 50, 60 rush yards, maybe a handful of catches and no touchdowns. That's pretty much you're going to get for Pollard going forward. But what would be good for Dallas Cowboy fans is if they could get any kind of a run game going, which, dun, 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 staying within the Lone Star State. The Texans finally got going on Sunday with Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. 30 carries. Ridiculous. 161 all-purpose yards. I think even when Damian Pierce comes back, the Devin Singletary is now the lead back in this backfield. He was already eating into Pierce's playing time, and he has had now four games where he's averaged more than three yards after contact. And we've seen Devin Singletary be good down the stretch with the Bills. This kind of circles back to something we said a couple of weeks ago. Is the problem the Bills? Because Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, when given opportunity, seem to be just fine. They seem to show off that pedigree that they had. So Devin Singletary is someone that is available in about 50% of leagues. And again, it's another really good matchup this weekend with the Cardinals and Damian Pierce may not be back. So by default, he may be the lead back. And what's so great about it is because teams have to respect this passing game so much, the run game should open up. So you may be able to grab him off the waiver wire. And speaking of that passing game, CJ's not just like rookie of the year. He's now in the MVP conversation. In fact, he's the favorite for NFL MVP right now. He 100% should be. I mean, it's it's the the award is called most valuable player. Uh, there's no other argument to be made. The Texans went from a team picking the top of the draft, uh, you know, almost people going crazy because Lovey Smith winning the game they shouldn't have won and and then now you end up the second pick you get the guy who's playing much better than the guy who went one, but you take your team that's, you know, full of a bunch of nobodies struggling bottom of the barrel AFC South to now beating a team that people had in the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, a, a massive win. And obviously, we, me and you talk about this every single week, just how smart he's been, how good of a leader he's been, how he's holding on to the football, not making bad decisions. That is like the most paramount thing, um, you know, the most touch. yards per game. It just everything it's, about him is just perfect. And I think he, he is the guy that's making those receivers, the the Noah Browns and the Tank Dells and the Nico. Like those guys would be lower in the depth chart for any other team, but he's making them something in this offense. And we talk about this a lot, too, like. I think in that game, and I watched a lot of it, uh, most of it, that it looked like the Bengals were like, we're going to make CJ Stroud pay uh, and we're going to show him that he's still a rookie. And then they they kind of game plan that to stop Stroud, which didn't really work. But because of they did that, that's why Singletary had all that you know field wide open to run through them. So again, that's exactly. just smart play calling and just smart by CJ Stroud to make sure to get the run game involved there. So the Bengals kind of gambled. They lost that gamble. And it wasn't even like Stroud played poorly whatsoever. He was he was great in that game. So um, he, if I had an MVP vote, he would get it because he is the definition of that award. Uh, the Texans have somebody for real. And I think right now, like you gotta be happy, even if it's not Damian Pierce, Singletary's bounced around. He's proven he could do it. You're trusting those receivers. Now, like I mentioned, Noah Brown, a massive game, 20 plus point game for Noah Brown, um, and PPR. So like everything right now for the Texans, like now they're, they go from the bottom of the barrel to a playoff team to beating other Super Bowl contenders. What a season. One player truly can turn a team around and the Texans hit a home run with this guy who's going to be a uh, pro bowler for, for years to come. And Will Anderson and Tank Dell are a big part of that too. Like the whole sure. way they planned their draft. Oh yeah. And I love that, you know, these receivers that are so young and CJ Stratt is so young, they're all going to grow together, which mm-hmm. is like the total opposite of what's happening for Bryce Young, who, you know, you got the veteran there, the Adam Thielen. Of course, CJ Stroud had the veteran Robert Woods. That was there for their safety blanket. But to get the young receiver you can grow with, if Mingo and Young could get together and do this, it would be great. But what's most interesting to me about these Houston receivers is none of them have been healthy at the same time. Right. But as a fantasy football player, that's kind of been good for us because we can kind of decide who to start and sit probably Collins will sit again this week or be limited um, based on my doctor friends. So we'll see. 
If that's the case, I think you do go ahead and trust both Tank Dell and Noah Brown again. Noah Brown now 150 plus receiving yards in consecutive games. And though he had a lower target share, he had like 20%, 21% target share to um, Tank Dell's like 38%. He had a massive share. He actually had 50% of the team's yards. So air yards. So not air yards, receiving yards, excuse yeah. me. Tank Dell actually had more air yards, but the point is it's translating with Noah Brown and um, he's on every waiver wire. Yeah. So I don't think it's just a fluke. I think the team is that good. Now is, is CJ Stroud going to throw over 400 yards every week? No, but as you go through bye weeks I just, I can't see a lot of players with more potential. I'm, I'm with you. And another thing to, you know, to, to praise CJ Stroud with, and this is something we see, you know, a, a Patrick Mahomes do is spread the football around like yeah. smart, good quarterbacks, spread the football around. They don't latch onto a single target. And everyone kind of knows like, Oh, the rookie quarterbacks, they love their safety blankets. He doesn't really have, I mean, also a great signing to bring in Dalton Schultz, a phenomenal tight end there, but yeah. he doesn't really have to do that. Like he's been finding every week. It's a new receiver popping up like this, this trend it's Noah Brown and tank Dell has plenty of great games and Nico Collins are plenty of great games and Bobby trees is there. Like you mentioned. So like there's, there's different weeks where different guys kind of sprout. And that's another song where I'm like, man, this guy is mature, like beyond his age. And this is something that we see like the Mahomes stat line of like, Oh, this receiver got three catches. The guy got four. Kelsey got his seven. Like that is a, what a good quarterback does. So, I mean, it, it's, I can't say enough praise about him. He was just that good. And only two interceptions this season, um, which brings me of course, to start talking about Josh Allen. Um, and we should loop Lamar Jackson into this conversation as well, because mm-hmm. I want to talk about struggling studs and uh, your worry level. OK, so a lot of people are concerned about Patrick Mahomes. What's your worry level on Patrick Mahomes for fantasy football, just because he hasn't been his normal Mahomesian self? So the, the interesting thing about Mahomes, is obviously, if you're drafting him, you're making a party to get quarterback pretty early. Um, so yeah, you expect him to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes MVP. Every game has to be three plus touchdowns. Um, the chiefs, I mean, they're winning games differently than they kind of used to their defense for once has actually been great. So it's not the typical, um, you know, Mahomes kind of covers up all flaws and they win games, you know, and, and they're the ways that we've used to seeing the, the chiefs win. So, I mean, I, what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to trade Mahomes. You're not going to bench Patrick Mahomes. That's just absurd. So I, like I don't I personally will never target a quarterback that high. Um, I just don't think you need to in the league that we're talking about guys like CJ Strider kind of pop up or like a guy like Sam Howell pops up. You just don't really need to do that. That's just my strategy personally. But for those listening, if you go and did that, like you kind of just got to sit tight. Like you're not going to do unless you want to make a massive trade and you have a guy on your bench who's good. Yeah. Uh, and you want to ride along with, a you know, a Josh Dobbs. Or you picked up a Kyler Murray. I'm OK with you doing that. But I mean, if you, you can't be serious about benching him. You can't be serious about benching him. Um, Lamar Jackson, also a hot topic. Um, Lamar Jackson has stunk for like the past. He's had one good game in like mm-hmm. the past five. But again, who would you possibly, are you concerned about Lamar Jackson? It's funny if you do look at his like player props, um, a lot of his passing totals have been like the low. I mean, especially last week because they played the Browns, who the, you know, the best statistical defense in the NFL. I believe his player prop for yards was 209. I actually gave out the under on that. He did go over, but barely. It's I thought this Todd Munkin offense was actually going to work out. I kind of bought into it, but it's clearly it's a run based offense and I just feel like you know Odell finally scored and Zay Flowers has been consistently really good for them and Mark Andrews has a couple big weeks but it the lack of consistency and the turnovers for Lamar um, and then plus now it's like this is the time of year where you kind of lingers in your head we're like oh this is usually when Lamar gets hurt and misses the rest of the year so I am a little concerned with that I don't feel like this offense is wowing me they're just getting by on it's the running game and, and the defense and Lamar is just making plays when he has to but you know, being up two scores versus the Browns who have, you know, a ton of issues at quarterback and a ton of injuries on this, on this roster to lose that game is, is pretty bad when people are finally buying into them. So uh, I do expect them. I mean, this is going to be a huge game uh, on Thursday versus the Bengals, but I, um, yeah, it's not the smoothness on offense you want to see. And I, I just feel like Lamar, you know, again, if you, if you could put a package together and get somebody else and you have some of your bench, I, I'd be for that. Um, because I, I just don't trust this offense being, you know, uh, a well-oiled machine. 
Would you rather start Jared Goff versus the Bears or Lamar Jackson versus Cincinnati? Goff all the way. See, and who this is a real conversation. But if I asked you, would you rather start Patrick Mahomes or Jared Goff? What would you say? It's it's just the funny that the name recognition, like the name value of Mahomes is uh, a thing where you're like, how could you possibly sit Mahomes? But I would not, I, if you're just looking at, if they're a player A and player B and Goff is player A, I mean, I'd probably just, you know, I'd probably play Goff because you, you, you get, you're getting more consistently, I guess, out of him. So this week, I is because someone asked this question. I'm going to answer it now. I'm still going to go Patrick Mahomes because one thing people don't realize is that the Eagles have been the worst. Yeah, bad. they have been terrible versus the pass. And this is how Patrick Mahomes gets his fantasy points. I think he's going to be awesome this week versus the Eagles. I think they're going to think of this like the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes is going to be amazing. I also think Jared Goff's going to be awesome. He's at home versus the Bears. So it's an it's an incredible matchup. But if I had to pick, I would still bet on Patrick Mahomes because he is Patrick Mahomes. This is yeah. a situation where you say you drafted him higher. He's the MVP. And there's a lot at stake for the Chiefs beating the, the Eagles because it feels like a potential. It, it's, it's a Super Bowl rematch. Uh, and plus, I would add, too, you got to hope that Goff is loading up on his points in like the first three quarters. Uh, I feel like Mahomes they can run. Exactly. They're good. They run the ball. They somehow figured oh, out the gives, so the, the gives uh, you know, the how to use both running backs. And then reversely, I don't see the Eagles or the Chiefs kind of pulling away in that game. So it's going to be I think Mahomes throw the ball 35 plus times in that game. So uh, another point for Mahomes if you had to you know choose between the two. Yes. All right, now, Josh Allen. Now, let me go through, because everybody likes to panic. You see a bat, you know, Ken Dorsey gets fired. I don't know what they think they're going to gain by having Joe Brady uh, coordinate this offense. It sounds like a terrible idea to me, but I guess they had to have a fall guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fine. he's a scapegoat for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh Allen has to stop turning over the ball. But a lot of what makes Josh Allen so great is the kind of things that leads to him turning over the ball. So I don't know how you actually fix that. I mean, he throws the ball, he throws it hard. Um, yeah, he needs to make better decisions. We've seen him be better at this. We've seen him be worse at this. As far as fantasy goes, you're starting Josh Allen every week. On a per-game basis, he's the number two just slightly. I mean, like a fraction, a smidge behind Jalen Hurts. And then it's Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, who has padded all of his numbers just over the last few weeks, CJ Stroud, and then Patrick Mahomes. But again, those are your top six. Those guys are still starting. Now, Lamar Jackson is number eight on a per game basis. I'm throwing out Kirk Cousins since he's not available. Um, Lamar, so, you know, but you do have to consider what have you done for me lately? What is the season long situation and what is the matchup? So every week you do have to think about these things. But for me, the only quarterback that I'm maybe considering benching is Lamar. Yeah. And let me because you brought up Josh Allen and I, I was like looking at this and it's it is very, very confusing. And I feel like a lot of our listeners, uh, you know, drafted Josh Allen very high. And, and maybe, Jen, you, you're smart. than I me. Mean, you can make sense of this. But like. When I said before, like they fired Ken Dorsey as like a scapegoat. When you look at the stats of like the Bills' offense, they're third in EPA per play, their no first in success rate. Um, right. They scored the second most points in the entire league. They're third in red zone touchdown per, uh, drive percentage. Like they're in the top ten, in if not the top three to five, in a ton of That's categories. Right. And Josh Allen has been a, has been very good this year. And yes, you could argue like the turnovers are a problem. I know, and they had a bunch of turnovers yesterday. It was like four plus turnovers. But I I think that was a firing and just the you know the the sake of firing because the team their record should be better than what it is. Um, and I feel like you should you we're all expecting Josh Allen to be um, you know more CJ Stroud like in terms of holding on to the football, but. I think that to me, that firing was a little bit of an overreaction. Now people see that and they see the, you know, the Trayvon Diggs tweets about his brother and everyone's like, oh, this is going to be a mess. But like, I don't necessarily think it's a mess. So people who are listening are like, what do I do with the, the bills or like, the offense? It's like they've been by all measures. They've been very good. So it's just very a, good. it's a it's a media, not a media narrative, but it's like a narrative that we're seeing, you know, because of the team's firings and because of people saying so. But they've been they've been good. So I I just like. 
pump the brakes if anyone's going crazy over what to do with the Bills offense. Um, you know, even J- James Hook fumbling, he still had a very good game. Uh, and that's a team that's, you know, they they curse running backs whenever they go up to Buffalo. So that's, to me, I just wanted to hey, clear that out. That's a very weird one. They just need to stop and just work on ball security. Like if you watch yeah. James Cook, you see that like, He's looking forward. He's not looking at the ball, right? If you don't take care of the ball first, you can't get anywhere. You have to see a little to see a lot, right? You don't want to see a lot. You want to see a little so you can see a lot, not see a lot and then see so little, right? Mm -hmm. This is like just wisdom in life. See a little, see a lot, okay? That's what they need to do. Just work on this. Just work on that because their offense, like you said, it's not, if you look at the numbers, it's, not bad. It's actually quite good. Yeah. So you're starting your fantasy weapons. I, I mean, I'm a little nervous about the fact that they've gone to Joe Brady. Like this feels like a major back. You know what? People, people uh, have said the same. He kind of got the Ken Dorsey treatment in Carolina because their quarterbacks yeah. back then were, what was it? Teddy Bridgewater. And um, I'm forgetting to go up the two like journey. was it Sam Darnold. Um, and they just weren't, you know, they didn't have a lot of things to, you know, be happy about over there. So like, I feel like so- that Dorsey was just like a guy, for that basically uh, Billy Bean and McDermott to kind of save their behinds that they get rid of a guy. It's like, all right, we fixed the problem. But again, like I'm trying to tell the listeners who, who are worried about the, the bills, offensive players, there's, there was really no concern, nothing to be worried about there. And if you want to get upset about Diggs' performance, like he had a bad match of versus tan, who's a very good cornerback. Like that was bound to happen. You know, he's been consistently good almost every week. So I think that was a weird kind of wonky game for them. A lot of sloppy turnovers, but I don't think this offense is like, they're not the reason they're losing games. Um, I think you you mentioned, Jen, the turnovers are a huge thing. The, de- the defense is just not as good as the it used to be. The defense is beat up. Yeah. Like, they're missing major pieces. And, yeah. in fact, that's why I picked the Broncos last night. And I talked about this on Fantasy Dirt on Sirius, that the Broncos' defense has been really good over the last, oh, yeah. now, four games. Yeah. They've been really good. And you got to look at recently, not just be like, oh, you can't just remember the game where they got crushed by the Miami Dolphins. Because a lot of those fantasy points as well came from that game. So when you look at the stats, oh, they've allowed X amount. A lot of that was in one game. So you have to look at the the micro and the macro when we're making these decisions. So um, to your point uh, earlier as well, uh, I want to put another emphasis on the Lions and what you said about Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery and Mm -hmm. Jared Goff. I do think there is some potential that because this running game is so good and they can do so much with the run that we might start to see Jared Goff kind of just even out. I'm not sure we're going to get the same amount of big games. Also, they're going to be playing with a lead more and more often. So like you were saying about the Sam Howell matchup, Mm -hmm. Jared Goff, that's another reason why I think Mahomes is the call between the two quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. The more I think about it, I mean, go like throughout the season. If you're concerned about Mahomes, you, you just you can't bench him. And in this game, I think because of the tougher matchup for the Chiefs, in, in terms of how good the Eagles are, there'll be a lot of more passing back and forth. And the Bears are just the Bears don't win on Sunday. <laughs> the Bears only win on Thursday. And uh, Jared Goff will again. He'll come in two quarters, put a bunch of points, and say that's it. You know, I'll go to the bench, and that's the end of that one. But I, I'm with you. I mean, like the Monty and Gibbs, them them kind of figuring out that math equation and how to get them both to work, and just having a, the the awesome rookie tight end Laporta and all the weapons on the outside. It's like this team is balanced and they're going to put up points and Jared Goff's going to go. My job is way easier now than it ever was. And um, I'm, I'm like a, a balanced attack. They're going to have a ton of leads, uh, a very, very good Lions team. Very good Lions team. Um, we did reverse jinx Devontae Adams, I believe. Yeah, we um, did. I think he's back. Yeah. Um, I think I said on the pod, there's no way I'm sitting him. I just can't like, and I played him and I was fine with his 15 PPR points. I'm perfectly happy with that. I know it's not what you expected maybe when you drafted him, but you still don't sit 15 PPR points. Um, I think it's going to only get better for the Raiders who look pretty frisky right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they won a game versus a, a tough jets defense. Um, and, you know, Zach Wilson didn't, he actually wasn't as bad wasn't as Zach terrible. Wilson. No, he wasn't. I mean, a, you know, no. crucial interception, uh, but the missed fourth down at the end of the game too. Like there were some, you know, bonehead plays, but he overall was okay. And got to give it up to Aiden O'Connell for, you know, just going, okay, I have Devontae Adams. I'm going to throw him the ball and give him as many targets as I possibly could. And we saw Devontae Adams going from these like, kind of uh, upset press conferences to him, you know, throwing the helmet, put his hand between his heads. And then, uh, and then now he's, 
dancing and, and laughing and smiling. And it's like, it just goes to show like the, the switching quarterbacks, the switching head coaches, and then things are uh, peachy mm-hmm. again in uh, in Vegas in the black hole. And uh, I mean, if you have Devontae Adams, I do on a team, um, you got to be happy about that. At least the young quarterback knows that he is their best player and just kind of force feed him. And I, I do think it'll be, you know, better things And Michael Mayer scoring touchdown too, which is huge. So like, there's a lot to like on that, um, on that uh, Raiders offense. Now that they kind of sw- shifted over to Antonio Pierce. And those who have Josh Jacobs are certainly very happy. Um, Just a couple more pieces of news to just touch on real briefly before we get to the Thursday night game. Um, Yeah, Jalen Warren officially announces the starter for the Steelers. We were wondering when it's going to happen. I think the most important thing to bear in mind is that the Steelers keep winning games despite the fact they do not have uh, impressive quarterback play. And they figured out that their identity is to run the ball. And I think moving forward through the fantasy playoffs, both of these running backs are going to be startable, though Warren will be the lead back. So if it happens to be a very tough matchup, I would lead Warren. But for the most part, that is a run game now. Reports are saying Aaron Rodgers is eyeing a mid-December return. I wouldn't put it past him. I know it sounds crazy. The the biggest problem with this is simply, will he need to return? Because if the Jets don't start winning games, then he shouldn't put his career on the line. Well, apparently today on on McAfee, we you know we we record this uh, Tuesday midday Pacific time, and he was on McAfee in the morning. He said that he plans on being back with the Jets full time at a full time capacity come Thanksgiving. So I don't know if that means like he's going to play immediately because uh, they no. the original report staying December, in New Jersey instead of doing I, all his therapy out here. In uh, exactly. So he will be practicing. It looks like he'll be at least practicing doing the game film sessions, all that stuff with the right. Jets. So he's gearing up to be back with the team in like Let's less go. than two weeks. So this is, I hope crazy. you guys put him on your IR and did drop him. That's what I did. I hope you had an IR, but we'll see. T Higgins is out for Thursday night football. So obviously Jamar Chase stock looks good. Um, we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, Matt Stafford is supposed to play in week 11. Hope Hopefully that's good news for your Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup shares. Uh, Zach Wilson will be starting again. Devon Achan is supposed to return this week. Uh, hallelujah. One of the best waiver wire pickups of the season. Alexander Madison in concussion protocol. So Ty Chandler becomes someone that you could add um, in an okay matchup. It's an okay matchup. Michael Thomas suffered a serious knee injury. We'll see how that goes. You know, I don't know that there's anything that exciting in New Orleans right now. And Deshaun Watson undergoing an MRI on his ankle. That Browns comeback. That's also, I had the Browns plus six. Guys, I went 12 and one this week on my picks. I feel like I'm going to retire. I'm just going to quit. Just leave. Bye. That's it. Me and you, uh, team where I had the best overall record, uh, combined record. I went 10 and three. You went 12 and one. Uh, We were back in the mix. It feels good. Um, I, I, I was counting them up and I was just like, oh man, like, Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it all the way down there. I think what what was the only game? Uh, the Titans game. The, the Titans, the, ti- the Titans Bucks game too. Yeah, Will Will Levis has kind of gone scoreless the last uh, couple yeah. weeks, so I bought I bought into that and it it, it burned us. So I, I, I picked that game wrong too. Us. Yeah. But if it's the only one that burns us, we're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, quick quick rundown of waiver wire ads, guys. Then we'll get to Thursday night football. We already talked about Josh Dobbs, Devin Singletary, Keaton Mitchell. Okay, Keaton Mitchell uh, was limited, but he made an impression. Thirty two yard. Uh, pass 39 yard touchdown run i think he only had his snaps limited in the second half because of the hamstring injury that he's still dealing with so he's definitely an ad available in like 60 percent of leagues so get that guy he's giving me devon achan like vibes i don't know it's possible that he could get rotated out of this committee but as far as what you can get on the waiver road right now he should be a top priority Demario Douglas, we've been beating this drum for a few weeks now. Um, he was clearly the lead wide receiver in this offense. Who's going to be a quarterback? Doesn't really matter. Uh, he's stayed the lead wide receiver since Bourne was out. So, you know, there you go. Trey McBride, we talked about. Noah Brown, Brandon Cooks, we mentioned. Ty Chandler, we mentioned, because he is the handcuff for Alexander Madison. The matchup with the Broncos this week is decent. Not as good as it was at the beginning of the season, but definitely favorable. Ty J Spears is someone that you should get because he's beginning to have standalone value and isn't just a handcuff. So if you're thin during bye weeks, Ty J Spears is a high upside handcuff with some standalone value. Uh, Romeo Dubs, Trenton Irwin, now that we know Higgins is out, Luke Musgrave, Michael Mayer, and of course, Sam Howell. Others you can think about, of course, Robert Woods, Michael Wilson, Rashid Shahid, Leonard Fournette. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but it looked... It looks like James Cook might be okay after last night. I was worried. I was like, oh, everybody's going to go get Leonard Fournette after he got benched. 
<laughs> I was like, well, there we go. Got to add that to the article. Yep. But it turned out okay. He ran harder after he got benched, which which was nice to see. Yeah. He had, I mean, still had a great game. And it, it is a weird thing. Uh, I, I'll tease this. I know on the uh, upcoming extra points with with Dave and uh, Saratiana, they want to talk about how to, how does uh, Josh Allen, you know, commit all those turnovers. He stays in the game. James Cook fumbles once is where they remove him yes. out of the game. It's the uh, the unfair life of running backs. If you fumble, you cough it up early, it's going to happen. But again, like he's still been one of the more, more effective rushers this NFL season. So it was just a strange way to pull him back and still had a great game. He did. He had a great game. Though he did disappoint me. I wanted him to have three catches. I played the over on two and a half. And I think he would have had it if they hadn't have sat him. Exactly. Yeah. For half the game. So anyway, sorry. Um, let's talk about Thursday night football, which might, which might, might actually be a good game this week because that division is looking uh, very interesting now based on results from Sunday. This is now we're now entering week 11. I know we've had, uh, you know, some good matchups um, in terms of like the outcome of the game, but is this going into, is this the best matchup we've had so far all year on TNF? I think so. Yeah. yeah it I mean, it like we got a division yeah. uh, race. We got two of the top quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league, um, both of whom have struggled at times and alternatively looked brilliant yeah. at other times. Uh, so it, I think this is going to be really interesting. I mean, the Bengals are coming off a loss where you're going to think they want to kind of, you know, show what they've got. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, the Ravens blew a two touchdown lead. I mean, if this is going to be a both teams, lead, both and they're, teams but they're at home. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So this division is now wide open. It's very interesting. So this is going to be a great game. What is your, do you have a side that you favor? Yeah. The, so the last line we heard this again, this is around 220 Pacific time on Tuesday. Bengals are getting four points traveling to Baltimore. The total is 46. Um, you know, I, the Bengals kind of got made that game closer than it should have been. And the, the Ravens should have, you know, blown out the the Browns. They let them back in that game. If that, those scores kind of stayed the way they did last week, I would have been like Ravens all the way. Now in my mind, I'm like, the Ravens actually going to struggle on offense. I think Burrow is a guy that kind of plays up to the competition and wins the the bigger games. He is a, a clutch type quarterback. If that's even a stat you can quantify I, right now, my lean would be the Bengals in a close one. I just feel like all those AFC North games are always close. I uh, would not be shocked. If the Ravens win, but I do like the Bengals getting the four points and player props. I know I kind of poo pooed on, on, uh, you know, Todd Munkin's offense with Lamar Jackson, the inconsistency, but the one guy who has been consistent, not in their rushing game, but in their passing game, he is the guy uh, you know, out wide is Zay Flowers uh, over 53 and a half receiving yards minus 115, or you want to go the receptions over four and a half receptions. It's plus 118. He's done both of those things uh, six times this season. So it's a pretty good bet to make there because he's the one guy that Lamar will, uh, you know, focus on. And plus, I, I don't see this being a game like the Beng- the the Ravens will have to score points uh, and the Bengals will score points even on that good defense. So this is not going to be a game. Where they're going to send the football and deflate it. They're going to have to throw the ball a little bit here. And Zay Flowers would be the guy. So, uh, again, Ravens probably will win the game. I like the Bengals to cover and I like Zay Flowers to go over either one of those props. I like the Bengals to cover as well. I think four points is incredibly enticing, especially since in week two, uh, the Ravens did win. They won in Cincinnati, but they won by three. Mm-hmm. And you're right. These games tend to be close. So I think both teams play up to the competition, but specifically Joe Burrow. And they were both in close losses last week. Yeah. So both teams really, really need this win. The Bengals need it even more. So, yes, I'm taking the plus four. I agree with you. As far as player props, I feel differently about Zay Flowers. Okay, um, that's fine. So I did not take a Zay Flowers prop. Instead, I went with the Mark Andrews prop for over 53 and a half receiving yards. Um, over the last three games played, the Bengals have allowed an average of 100 receiving yards per game to tight ends and 10.75 yards per target with an 82% catch rate. Okay, now those tight ends, they were good. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Kincaid, and George Kittle. But Mark Andrews, arguably better yeah. than all three of those guys. For this season, they've allowed 67 yards per game, okay? Uh, 8.72 yards per target and 80% catch rate. And this is ridiculous because Mark Andrews is averaging 58 receiving yards per game. Now, I know he didn't do this in week two, 
He was a little slow starter. He's always been a slow starter, um, which is maybe why we're getting this nice slow number. But right now he has a 22% target rate for the season. And he has a team high 25.5% of the Ravens receiving yards and a team high 5.28 yards after the catch. My smash play is Mark Andrews over 50, sorry, 53 and a half receiving yards, over 53 and a half. Two others I kind of like, Odell Beckham Jr. over 26 and a half because he could do this in one catch. Yeah. And over the last two games, he actually has one more target than Zay Flowers. Rashad Bateman actually leads receivers not named Mark Andrews in targets over the last two games. There's been a little bit of switch of the hierarchy, and that's what has me concerned about Flowers. I'm worried that he's kind of... That's fair, but what what really uh, kind of convinced me on this one was just the Browns' defense is just so good. Like they're ranked one or two in like most defensive categories, mm-hmm. and just seeing the fact that uh, Zay Flowers had seventy three yards and five catches, averaging fourteen over fourteen and a half yards uh, per catch versus the Browns, I was like, okay, that's impressive. This guy could do it. And plus, it's one of those things too where I thought the prop was a little bit low for him. I think it's pretty low for Mark Andrews as well. But again, it's like if he gets a twenty yard catch, it's like you don't really you really need much more. Uh, and I also think if you go for the, the, the total receptions route i think five catches also do but i don't see this being a game where the Bengals like we're just going to run the ball run the ball run the ball and just find a way to win there's no way the Bengals will allow that um watch i say this and i'm completely wrong but i i i think it has to be a game lamar has to do something with his arm uh because i i really do think burrow and especially because burrow wasn't playing you know this well and missing games in the beginning of the season too like he's kind of now back they ran into cj stroud who was the, the former for mvp but the, the Bengals now are going to be, they're a much better team than they were when they had that first loss. So, so I, I, I see this being a, a pretty even game. So since we're in on, um, you know, the pass catchers for mm-hmm. Baltimore, should we take Lamar Jackson for over one and a half passing touchdowns? Because it's plus 125. He's only done this three times this season, but right. he did it in week two versus Cincinnati. Risk reward. You know, it's a good payout. Um, hasn't done it in a few weeks. What do you think? The trends would say no, but if you're getting like, it's just hard to getting plus money on Lamar to throw two touchdowns, like an MVP winner to me. I don't know. CJ Stroud only threw one touchdown last week versus the Bengals. He did. Um, Yeah. He ran the other one in. So Lamar could still do well for you fantasy wise. But what about over 44 and a half uh, rushing yards for Lamar? He had 54 when they faced off in week two. I would say. I would probably go with that as well. Um, yeah, I would probably go over. I think this will be a pretty good Lamar game. Um, hence why I'm giving the player props. And I agree with yours, the Andrews one as well. I, I I do think he'll have a pretty good game. I think a couple scrambles, like that's really all it takes for him. Like he could, he could eclipse that and, you know, three, four scrambles and he's running, rushing much more than that. Uh, and their rushing attack has been awesome. It's been, it has been the one mainstay. So I, I like that. I guess I'm pretty bullish on, you know, most Lamar uh, player props here. I think we're expecting a good game on Thursday. I think it will be a good game. I think it will be like I was I was shocked more than anything that the Browns Ravens the score was what it was. Like I not that game I thought was going to be 10 to 9. The fact that it was in the 30s was nuts. I think this game has the trackings to be in the upper 20s low 30s too. So I do think we're going to have a game where I guess finally Al Michaels is interested on TNF. Joe Mac- Mixon, um, I also kind of like his over receiving yards prop, which is 21 and a half. He's done that in three of the last four. He had 36 last time these two faced off, but I would probably go towards the under on his rushing yards prop. Because uh, as you said, I don't think this is a game where they're going to be running the ball a whole lot. And it's a fairly decent defense in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I would play that. Those are just like uh, overarching thoughts. As, as Eddie mentioned, we don't always get the best props this early because we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So the ones we like as of right now, Eddie likes Zay Flowers over 54 and a half. Is that right? 53 and a half or four and a half receptions. Yeah. And over four and a half receptions. I'm taking Mark Andrews for over 53 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to take OBJ for over 26 and a half because why the heck not? He's been good lately. And and yep. as I yep. said, I think he could do this in one catch. And this is the kind of game where uh, you may need that because we're, we're hoping for a good game. All right. Uh, we did well on our player props last week. I missed all my Bryce Young long shot, but we got our other, <laughs> uh, we got the Cheva Hubbard over receiving and we got the Miles Sanders under rushing. Um, so I think that went okay for us overall. And yeah. And, and, and just, I'm excited for once for an actual good game. Like we give it those yeah. player props to kind of stay right? invested. This one, like, I don't even, I don't even need the player props or the Bengals. I, know. Plus four. I just can watch <laughs> exactly. a great game. 
hundred yeah. percent. Like I like, I like play the player props so that I have to watch the game. Sometimes they're so bad on Thursdays. Yep. 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 Well, that's uh, luckily uh, Al Michael said he's back for one more year. So, I mean, he's, oh he's, he's sick. if he could stick through, we could stick through it. Okay. Everybody we'll be right back after this quick break. Let's grab a couple of um, questioner, questions, questioners, questioners, listener questions. I put the two words together, guys. I'm tired. I'm sorry. Let's so I'll, uh, Houston, Houston for life. He, I believe we answered your question before, which was the uh, Mahomes or Jared Goff thing. Yes. Uh, you, we, you said we're going Mahomes. I agree because of the matchup. I think Jared Goff won't be playing too much in the fourth quarter anyway. Mahomes will. So I think we cleared but, that up for you. Yes, I would go Mahomes here, but listen, if you wanted to go golf, that would not be a wrong decision. You would not be wrong. Oh, There's, right. If your gut says, look, I believe in golf, fine. I'm playing Mahomes, Eddie's playing Mahomes. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to start off here with our friend and colleague and host, Lemon Pepper Parlay, Martin Weiss. Uh, his Saints, he's asking, are the Saints' weapons better with Jameis Winston. And I'll just say, Martin, I think, unfortunately, your team is making more of a financial decision than an actual, uh, you know, talent decision, because when you pay Derek Carr that money, hard to put him on the bench. I think Derek Carr is going to be back. I don't think the injury is going to hold him back. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think you're going to get Jameis Winston. I agree. But some of your fantasy weapons would be better. Chris Olave will probably be better. And Rashid Shahid will probably be better. I don't think Alvin Kamara will. I think those of us who have Alvin Kamara would be just fine with Derek Carr continuing to be the quarterback in New Orleans. So I think that's dependent on the fantasy weapons, but on the fantasy weapons you're talking about. However, I don't think we're going to get Jameis Winston. I, I'm, I'm going to say it's okay that Josh Dobbs went to Minnesota. It's working out okay. It's working out okay. <laughs> But I still kind of secretly would have loved to have seen uh, Jameis Winston and Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison together. Woo. And uh, just to throw out there, too, talking about the Saints, I believe the reports right now are that uh, Michael Thomas is a fairly significant injury. So he'll be missing some time, it seems like, uh, per the latest reports, too, there. I think that's a reason for everyone to go get Rashid Shaheed right mm -hmm. now off the waiver wire because he's pretty widely available. And those who have Chris Olave who've been concerned, just keep firing him up. Um, well, we talk about this a lot, so let's go right back to it. But McBreeze is asking, is it just over for Tony Pollard? Uh, yeah, I think it is over for Tony Pollard. <laughs> I want somebody who actually, if you could trade but, him before the deadline, let me know, like tweet at us. Let us know who yeah. you got. For I'm just interested yes. to see if you, if you make the uh, an offer, if somebody goes, I actually want Tony Pollard. I'm going to be high on him the rest of the year. I want to see what you get in return. So that, that's, that is so interesting to me. You could probably, you might be able to do it to like a, a Dallas fan who just likes Dallas players, no matter what, and yeah. doesn't really care about winning. Uh, I do think again, as I said, Tony Pollard's going to have a good game this weekend. And so if your trade deadline is after this week, you should consider if Tony Pollard goes off selling high. Otherwise I think you have to, you have to hold on. He's going to give you an okay floor. I mean, he's going to be better than starting like Ty J Spears, who I mentioned, or, you know, like, Antonio Gibson. I mean, I know this yeah. sounds terrible, but, um, and then occasionally maybe he'll score a touchdown again, but he didn't score touchdowns last year either. It just blows my mind that I did not, I did not draft him in one single league. The only league I have him in is a keeper league where there was such incredible value that I could keep him in like the 10th round or something. That's it. I, I, I love Tony Pollard. I love my Cowboys, but this was never going to be a thing. All right. Well, uh, McBreeze, take it from uh, Dallas Cowboys fans herself, Jen. Um, and to, to round out the listener questions, and thank everyone for tweeting in at us. Uh, we're glad to get to them. Paul's asking, is one spot for either Tank Dell, Jordan Addison, or Adam Thielen? So I think um, Adam Thielen, unfortunately, uh, the, the shine is wearing off a little bit, and Bryce Young isn't looking so great. So it's not Thielen. Addison, uh, I do really, really like. But Justin Jefferson probably coming back. Eh, Jordan Addison might not be as strong. Tank Dell, as long as Nico Collins is sitting, and I think he is, I think you'd have to start Tank Dell because the amount of air yards he commanded from CJ Stroud. And, and the matchups are pretty much even if you look at like wide receiver matchups versus defense between Tank Dell and Jordan Addison. So I'm going to lean Dell, especially with no Collins, as opposed to Addison with Justin Jefferson probably back. Well, there you go. We did it. Another week in the books. And thank everyone for tweeting the questions and uh, go win your matchups. And again, if you trade Tony Paul, let us know what you get in return.
Yeah. And uh, I'm going to start doing more surveys about like, who are you starting? Maybe we should do a yeah. survey. Who yeah. would you start this week? Patrick Mahomes or Jared Goff? It's a good one. And then we'll like, uh, or maybe we should do more Kyler and Russell Wilson surveys. I don't think you can mention Russell Wilson yet. I know he's not passing for a lot of yards, but he's been efficient. And he's been putting up a really solid floor for you. So uh, what an interesting season has turned out to be. Yeah. As usual. I, but we, we all knew that Cesar Stroud and Sam Howell will be winning, uh, winning leagues this year at quarterback. We knew it. Yeah. We knew it'd be Josh Dobbs the whole time. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to this podcast, we told you we predicted it. Um, next week is Thanksgiving. So I think we're going to probably have a lot of fun with Thanksgiving Day game previews and props, as well as kind of talking about what we've got moving forward for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. Guys, go out and win your weeks. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, on Twitter at Extra Points Pod. We will be back. You can send us questions at any time at that Eddie Murphy at Jen Piacenti, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.